Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Davida Shinsky, and you're listening to Live Without Limits. Today's show is titled, How to Quit Your Job and Achieve Entrepreneurial Freedom in Six Steps. Now, this is a great time to talk about this subject for a simple reason. We are in the middle of a pandemic of the coronavirus, and This is a great time as people start to not go out as much, not to be in crowds, that if they're at home, their connection to the outside world is most likely going to be on the Internet, which is where they're going to get their entertainment, which is where they're going to shop. And as you know, if you've been paying attention that, In the past, in the last few years, you've noticed that as it comes to the holiday season, you're seeing more and more people that are literally doing more and more shopping on the Internet. So when you think about all of the things that could possibly go wrong, Think about it this way. You are now in a situation where we're looking at how are we going to be doing business in the future. And having a single employer is risky and probably holding you back. A massive shift in the United States workforce is happening right now. U.S. workers are quitting their jobs at the Fastest rate internet boom 20 years ago. <laughs> it's not surprising. Research shows a staggering 87% of employees worldwide report not being engaged at work. They're not being utilized to their fullest. Instead, these quitters are packing out co-working spaces, and freelancing in exotic countries. Solo traveler bookings shot up 42% over the past two years. U.S. freelancers jumped by 8.1% over the last three years. Fast Company reports freelancers will be the majority of the U.S. workforce by 2027. And One of the reasons this has been happening is very, very simple. Even before the coronavirus, back in the very latter part of the 20th century was when you started seeing companies change. What happened was there were mergers of corporations, and in those mergers you found that 
there were two to three people who held every job. So what corporations were doing was they were offering buyout packages to upper management and middle management positions. And what was this all about? Literally that what was happening was that corporations were looking for ways to cut their expenses. And that was really the beginning of the dot-com era. And if you remember back then, there was a big blowout as far as the dot-com era just being overinflated and just falling apart. But when it came back the second time, that it, what we're seeing now is that people were more understanding of how to utilize the Internet to their advantage, how to build a business. And what we're also seeing is ways that you as the individual can take this and, and make it work for you. What does all this mean? Working for an employer is not fulfilling for a lot of people. People want more flexibility. They want to travel. Let out their FOMO and work from it anywhere. The nine-to-five office job is dead. But if you have one job at one company, you're also putting all your income age into one basket. You can let go at any time. It's outside your control, and it's ultimately fragile. There's simply too much opportunity, too much to learn and experience, and too much life to be lived to stay in a job and wait until retirement, to be free to do your fine, fulfilling independence. There's another way for some of us, not everyone, but for some, a better fitting career path as an entrepreneurial freedom. Entrepreneurial freedom is an untethered, independent way to build wealth doing what you love to do. This post is a six-step roadmap, and this presentation is a six-step roadmap to achieve entrepreneurial freedom. It centers around answering this crucial question. How do you build multiple streams of income doing what you love to do anywhere? Now, let me go back and talk a little bit about what multiple streams of income means. What it means is you can have a product that you can multipurpose. You can be a consultant or a coach, but you can also be someone who writes e-learning courses and taking those e-learning courses and putting them on multiple platforms. By putting them on multiple platforms, then you're giving yourself the opportunity to create different ways to make money from one product. Or you could sell your services as a coach, a one-on-one -on -one coach, or offer a webinar where you're doing the same thing. So, acquire a skill you love. This is the foundation of your career and will serve you for the rest of your life. A skill that you love is the asset 
that will use to help others succeed, which is the foundation of a business. For me, it's writing. Ironically, back in the day when I was in school, I did not like to write. My grades were, as George Peterson would say, not good. I didn't enjoy it or see much purpose in it until my first job. My first job out of school was as a marketing coordinator at a chamber of commerce. My first boss taught me a skill that changed my life. She taught me how to write press releases. She was very hard on me and forced me to write with structure, clarity, brevity, and sticking only to the facts. Now I know what you're thinking. Press release? How boring. I know. But here's what happened. After I wrote a press release and sent it to the chamber email list, it would be reprinted at the local newspaper. I would see an article I wrote in a newspaper that a ton of people read. It made me realize that a press release can have a massive impact on the business world of people. Now, let's go back and say that again. It showed me that it had a massive impact on the business world and people's lives. A press release can change how people make decisions or alter events in the real world. So when I started writing on Medium, publishing on other blogs, and growth started to happen, I was published in Inc. Magazine, Forbes, Business Insider, Axios, TNW, Smashing Magazine, and CNBC, Make It. My media publication grew to over 91,000 followers. I learned if I don't waste people's time, stick to just the facts, and put the facts in the right order, writing is useful. But it doesn't have to be writing. Your skill can be anything that adds value to someone or something else. So how do you find it? There's three questions that will help you acquire a skill that you love. And the best thing you can do is hear that and think about it. With what do you love to create? I believe everyone is innately drawn to be creative in some way, whether it's with words, wood, code, paint, or the culinary arts. How do you express your creativity? If you were given a billion dollars right now, what would you spend that time doing? A mentor took me out to lunch one day and sat across the table from me. He pushed the salt shaker towards me and asked me this question. He said, imagine if this was a billion dollars. How would you spend your time? It's an interesting question because it removes the need to make money. What would you do 
if all of your needs were met for the rest of your life? How can you get really, really good at the one thing? This is a very pragmatic question. Nat Eliasson said in an interview, 90% search engine optimization expertise is writing the best answer on the internet to a specific question. The other 10% is the technical stuff like meta tags, alternate tags, keyword distribution. It's incredibly hard, he said. So you have to be really, really good. Work hard and practice. Benjamin Franklin, one of the best writers in history, became legendary at writing by copying the famous columnists and authors in London when he was young and trying to recreate their arguments from memory and then comparing his own writing to theirs. Eventually he found he could sometimes make the same points that they were making, but in a clearer way and in fewer words. So find something that you love to do that helps others succeed. Become really good at it. Next thing to do is create things and fail a lot. We often learn from failure. That's something that we just don't think about, is how to utilize what it is that you want to do and be aware that you learn through failure. When I told a friend about the importance of failure, he asked a clarifying question. But if the goal isn't failure, right? It's true. It's not. Nobody wants to fail. But failure means something completely different to an entrepreneur. Failure means you took a risk and you learned something. Elon Musk said, if you're not failing, you're not innovative enough. Jeff Bezos said, failure and invention are inseparable twins. Not only does failure teach you something useful, but it also develops in you a resilience that you will need as an entrepreneur. I have half a dozen failures from my own life. And here's one of the lessons that I learned. In the end, when a venture doesn't go as well as you hope, try to remember this quote. Teachers teach, coaches coach, entrepreneurs fail. It's part of the job. You know what? Let me repeat that again, because this needs to be heard. Teachers teach, coaches coach, entrepreneurs fail, and it's part of the job. If you don't learn from your failures, then you really are failing. But if you acquire strategies, insights, relationships from each failure, then the next time it should go better and better until you eventually gain traction. 
make big ass. A big ass is audacious, bold proposal to do something that outsizes your current capacity to do it. A big ask could take the form of an email, a conversation, a phone call, a tweet, or a direct message over social. It could easily be rejected or ignored, but if it goes through, it could challenge and change the course of your career forever. A big ask accelerates your career. For example, I made a big ask for my second job ever. I had noticed a company that I really wanted to work at was missing a marketing lead. The firm didn't have much of a brand presence online. So I got to know the people in the firm, wrote the job description, title, and salary, and pitched it. They accepted. I left my hourly job and became the new director of marketing at a commercial real estate company for the next two and a half years. After I left, they hired two people to fill my role. A big ask accelerates your career. For entrepreneurs, big ask should be weekly, if not daily occurrences. But they are the secret to getting new clients, new partnerships, new sales, new press coverage, and great hires. How to make a big ask in six steps. Spend time with and study a brand person with which you'd like to work. Recognize the person's or the company's needs. Reach out, build relationships. Propose how you can fill that need. It should be aligned, specific, helpful, so they feel silly not hearing you out. Negotiate the terms. Make sure it works for both you and them. Sign on the dotted line. Unfortunately, not everyone you meet is someone to ask a big ask of. And not everyone has the decision-making power to give you an answer to your big ask. So how do you get in touch with the right people and reach the right decision-maker? That's the big question that we all need to be aware of and that we all need to take into account. Network, network, and network. But how? Networking creates opportunities to make big asks. You meet new people through networking. These people have networks of their own in exponential effort that can tap into with access to new opportunities. Through networking, 
I was able to build a portfolio, a business that allowed me to quit my full-time job and strike out on my own. For example, I was at an event in San Jose, standing at my normal spot by the food table and shook hands with the editor of a well-recognized bank. We talked, joked, and bantered about at the event. Did you try the cheese cubes? When the moment felt right, I made a big ask about writing for his team. We chatted, and he gave me his card. I followed up a few days later. Soon, I signed a contract and got my first project, writing at a rate of $1 per word. I have more examples, but I'll keep it short with this summary. Success in business comes from making big ass directed at people at the opportune time. It starts with getting out at events and conferences and meeting the right people, especially the speakers. And I will quickly divert a little bit because there's something that I want to say about this. And today, because we're entrepreneurs and we're online, you need to be looking at yourself as an influence marketer. And that means becoming known as the authority and the expert in your industry. So always be selling. The fifth step in your roadmap is, as an entrepreneur, you must always be selling for multi-income stream entrepreneurs like me. I am always on I, in almost every conversation, at least one the many things that I do is relevant to my conversation, starter app, novel, media publication, brand writing and editing services, writing courses, my clients' products. I can always be selling in every conversation. I don't. I don't want to be the smarmy, inauthentic, or annoying to people around me. So how do you always be selling but always stay authentic? The book Integrity Selling helps to answer this question. In short, the message of the book is a simple lesson. Replace the word selling with helping. It might sound simple at first, but anything that you sell should provide genuine value to the buyer, even if it's your own business. It has to be a win-win, and no one is duped. Everyone benefits. Always think about the benefits that you can offer someone. If what you're selling isn't genuinely helpful to someone's life or business, you're making one of these three mistakes. You're, you're selling to the wrong person. The thing doesn't help them. It helps other people, just not them. You shouldn't be selling the thing. It's a good thing, and it helps people, but it's not something that you believe in. It's 
and really hard to sell what you don't believe in. This is the biggest thing that I think people don't always realize, that when they start out as an entrepreneur, instead of looking for a way to niche something down to an industry, they think of everyone as their customer and not realizing that if they knew the pain points and they could solve the problem, then that's the best way to be able to sell yourself to others. The thing shouldn't be sold. It's not a helpful product or service. If you can apply this thinking to your business, your sales conversions should dramatically increase. Or you will have the confidence to walk away from a bad job that you don't believe in. That's also another thing. When you are looking to work as an affiliate to help someone else sell their product, you need to be selling a product that you yourself are currently using. And don't think of it as something that you can make a lot of money on. And I don't know how many times I go on forward and some of the answers that I see there just mystify me because people will sit there and ask questions instead of doing their own research. Scale the right opportunities by splitting time between earning and investing. So at this point, you have a portfolio of work. You're creating projects with the skill you love, getting out there and networking and selling, making big asks, and suddenly the good opportunities start pouring in. But hold on, you're only one person. Your time is limited. There's only so much you can do. You have a ceiling. And this is what Naval Ravikant, CEO of AngelList, said about having limited time. You'll never get rich, but if you freelance for the rest of your life, freelancing is a brilliant way to establish a livelihood and enjoy your career. But freelancing is not entrepreneurial freedom. Freelancers are self-employed. They have control of their time, but they are lacking a very important entrepreneurial freedom, multiple sources of income. And those multiple sources of income are what you need to look at because that helps create passive income. Entrepreneurship creates creating a company or a project that doesn't need you to run it. It allows for the possibility of passive income. A venture, once successful, can make money for you in your sleep. Freelancers can't make money in their sleep. An entrepreneur, on the other hand, can invest your time and money into building a product or business and create an independent cash flow and independent of their time. That requires a significant upfront investment. So for some striving for entrepreneurial freedom, their time should be split 
like this. Earning is directly tied to income or freelancing. Your work earns an income. It often in the form of an hourly or a project rate. Investing is work that you don't make an income from directly, such as writing a book, creating an online course, writing articles, networking. These things don't pay right away, but they have the potential to pay off handsomely down the road. And let me back up a little bit and make one statement about that, that e-learning course. I have a course, a, a several courses sitting on Skillshare that are strictly video. And I use the Build the Wrong platform to host my website because on there, I'm able to create my e-learning courses, I'm able to create webinars, and once they're created, they can continually make money for me. And in doing so, I had someone contact me that offers continuing education units that wanted me to put my course on their platform. And in doing so, it would be bringing me income because I have, once it's created, that's the end of it for the time being. And you can go to my website, and that's the number one, personalcareercoach.com, and sign up for coaching where you can get help in how to put together your mission statement, a plan for your online business.